happening, gang? Brian Phillips, your host uh, here for Deep Down the Middle. It's an emergency pod edition. Um, Co-host Ryan Kieran here. Crazy uh, start to the draft week, NFL draft week here. Uh, Rob Gronkowski out of retirement and uh, immediately, literally within 25 minutes, becomes a Tampa Bay Buccaneer and joins Tom Brady. Ryan, uh, we just got done recording an hour of talking about this uh, mm-hmm. and then had a power failure and an awesome technology experience. Uh, yep, so Cliff sure Notes version, what the hell? And give me give me your take on the leverage play and who who comes away with this, uh, who comes away with that clear winner on this. Sure. We had a nice like 30 minute debate about this um, and we're just going to we're just going to spew opinions here real quick instead of the debate just for time's sake because we just went an hour and we are, uh, got things to do. But so my opinion here is um, there there was no no one had leverage here. This was just a situation that worked out great for everybody. Um, Rob Gronkowski was only going to play with Tom Brady. Tom Brady wanted Rob Gronkowski. The Bucks have an interest in going all in for this year and next year and making Tom Brady happy. The Patriots had an opportunity dropped into their lap to get an asset for nothing. He was not going to play for them. He did not count on their books. He was a nothing to them. And now he is a fourth round pick to them. That is a win for the Patriots. It is a win for Tom Brady. It is a win for Rob Gronkowski. It is a win for the Buccaneers as long as he is at least decent. As long as he is better than the other two tight ends they have currently on their roster, which isn't a guarantee. Um, I don't. I don't think the Patriots made a mistake here. I don't think that they needed to hold out for for more. I don't think that it was realistic to keep Rob Gronkowski on the, uh, you know, in the breeze and say, okay, if you're going to play, you're going to play for us or you're going to, or we're going to get big compensation for you or nothing. Um, I think that this was an opportunity to have dropped into your lap, uh, get an asset for nothing. And that's what they did. And you'd already know as a Patriots fan, you're going to root for the Bucks anyway. Now you get to root for Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. You get to see that combo again. This isn't, this doesn't change their Patriots legacy. They're not going into the hall of fame as Bucks players. Now this is just, you get to see one or two more years of Tom Brady to Rob Gronkowski on a team you were already going to root for anyway, and you got an asset out of the deal, which you would have not gotten otherwise. Uh, as my pal Ryan Jackson put it, you if you look at it a macro version, they just got a third-round 2021 pick and a fourth-round 2020 pick for a 43-year-old quarterback, a retired tight end, and a seventh-round pick. It's not bad. Win. Uh, That's a win. It's it, Yes. When you put it like that, it sure is. Um, here's my deal. I'm over my initial feeling of, ugh, uh, this sucks, because you're right. I'm very excited for Rob Gronkowski. I'm very excited for Tom Brady. I'm excited for our, uh, personally, for, for friends of ours who are Tampa Bay Buccaneers fans. Um, and it's going to be very fun to watch them whenever uh, football is actually being played. Um, so I'm over that. My, my general malaise initially was all basically 2020 just is is it's terrible it sucks burn it with fire 2020 is insane um <laughs> like come on right uh we're living in a simulation type deal here uh but the only thing i take issue with is that neither side had leverage and i definitely take issue with the people that think that the buccaneers had leverage uh because the buccaneers had literally no leverage um th- the leverage was clearly on the Patriots' side due to the fact that they got, in evidence by, they got a fourth-round pick. Now, if they wanted to, they could have played hardball a little more. 
They could have. But, Ryan, you and I talked before the show, and I think the reason that, that they settled on the compensation they settled on, I, some part of that is you don't – they didn't want to burn the bridge for the second greatest, you know, player in franchise history. Um, that's that, that, definitely a potential. Uh, the Patriots are really good with how they – you know, generally really good with how they handle uh, their their superstars on the way out. Uh it's not portrayed like that in the media, but they really, they really are. They're not, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not uh, nickel and diming their uh, Calvin Johnson signing bonus type, type of team. Okay, right. stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so, the, in my opinion, that's why they settled on this fourth round pick and they send a seventh rounder back. Like it even matters. Um, but yeah. if they wanted to hold out for that seventy sixth overall pick, third round, and they truly, really wanted to go all the way to the end of their leverage with it, I think they probably could have and maybe, maybe got gotten Tampa to bite because you've got. Gronk on retiring, uh, going to play with, you know, just that aspect of it is, is amazing with Tom and Gronk uh, coming to your team and, and the excitement that would generate. But then you've got Tom lobbying Jason Licht, and obviously Jason Licht is looking at it like, hey, we can add Rob Gronkowski, who's a year and a half removed from, from any type of physicality, and he's putting weight back on apparently. Physicality in terms of non-WWE stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. uh it seemed like, in my opinion, the leverage was on the Patriots' side, and, and it was a happy medium for both. And in uh, in deep down the middle podcast fashion, uh, they found the middle for us. This is pretty cool. Um, sure. Ryan, what impact, if any, does this have on the, the Patriots' draft? Uh, I don't think it does. They have one more asset. I think that they're going to be. I think that they just have another asset to be aggressive, and I think we're going to see like a 2012 style aggressiveness, but on day two. I think that. They currently have three day two picks all in the third round towards the end of the third round. They have no second round pick. I think um, that, so they have three. I think they make at least four day two picks. Uh, one of those being in the second round. I think that they make, um, if they trade out of, this is also assuming that they make their first round pick at 23. If they trade out of that into day two, say they get like a second and a third from the Colts or something, bump that up one. I think they make five. So their first round pick plus four day two picks, wherever that first round pick actually ends up, even if it's on day two. Um, I think that they're going to be super aggressive. They have too many picks. They don't, they have too big of a gap between their first and second pick. Um, and they have, they have enough needs to fill in what is a deep draft. I think they're going to be aggressive. I think they're going to make a lot of noise on the draft second day. Okay. Um, I, I agree. Uh, I, I, well, you know what, let's just jump in then into, uh, give me real quick, three things you want to see them take out of this draft then. Uh, sure. the, you know, just your three things that if they come away with all three, if they address all three, whether that be a, a player or a position specifically, um, mm-hmm. would thrill you. Okay, sure. And this is another good um, debate that we had that we'll just streamline opinions for for the sake of time here. Um, one, I'm gonna I'm gonna rank this in order of what I want to see happen. Uh, the first time I didn't, but this time I will. So one, um, trade back from 23. I'm going to choose the Colts as a target because they have two early second round picks and a third round pick that we can do. So say it's uh, 44 and 75 or 34 and 75, and you'll probably have to give something back on the other end. But just say that's that. Say they want to come up and draft Jordan Love, trade down there, get Zach Bond. Zach Bond's the number one option that I want there. He's a Kyle Van Noy replacement. He plug and play there. I think he's a perfect Patriot. If he's not there, you still have other guys in that range like uh, AJ Epinesa, uh, Josh Uchi, who I know uh, you're a fan of being a mission guy. Um, Tyrell Lewis, and that, that's just on the defensive line. Never mind other you know positions that still fit that value there. I think the value in this draft is 
in that like 25 to 50 range. I think a lot of those guys are all like late first round caliber. So add picks in there. Zach Bond should be the top target there. But um, I think that's the best course of action. Fill in that gap. And that's where you get aggressive, like I was saying before. Uh, number two, if they stay at 23, I want Xavier McKinney. Um, if they took Zach Bond there, wouldn't be upset. Uh, I think that's a bit of a reach for him, but I get the I, I'm on board with the value there given uh, their need and his fit on this team. Um, but if, if Xavier McKinney's on the board at 23, I want Xavier McKinney. Um, I think he's, uh, you know, a perfect third safety this year, fills in for Patrick Chung next year. He can cover tight ends like Patrick Chung does, but he, he's basically what Patrick Chung is, but be, I think he's better like day one than Patrick Chung was even when Patrick Chung was good. Um, I think, I think, I think he's really good. I think he's very smart and I think he's a, another good scheme fit, um, feeling in the Deron Harmon role now and then taking over for Patrick Chung next year. Or even this year, if they move on from Patrick Chung to free some space, who knows? Uh, number three, this is a bit of a stretch, but uh, I want if, if Tua gets past like say pick twelve, you are trading up for him. You are going selling the farm for him. If and you don't need to at that point, but I I would. I think Tua is just Tua. Tua should be a top five pick. Uh, like he should be. He's the second best quarterback in this draft at worst. He might be the first. I'm not sold that he's not better than Joe Burrow, assuming he stays healthy moving forward. Um, but if that health, if, if they're okay with his health and that lets him fall into the teams where they can trade up for him, do it, do it. That's really number one. The only reason it's number three on my list is because I still expect that he goes like five, whether it's to the Dolphins or through a trade. Okay. Um, all right. So here is my, uh, my number one, what I'd like to see them do at 23 or even move up a little bit. If, uh, if the right guy is there, um, and it's, this is not a specific need, uh, in general or or anything like that it's strictly because i see the the tackle position in the nfl is becoming like a mini quarterback situation uh when it comes to positional scarcity and i think uh you need to draft a tackle every year um as high as you can get away with uh continue continue churning the stock um and uh and adding the depth and and treat it like like the Patriots have with the quarterback position. Um, and, you know, you, you can't have too many tackles. Um, you can't have temp, too many talented offensive linemen that could potentially move inside. Because um, that's, you know, obviously what we see a ton of. Um, but you're also, this year, you're going to have to uh, start thinking about, well, do we keep Marcus Cannon around this year? Uh, or, you know, he was he was very hit or miss last year. Um, and even even if even if you don't even have Cannon in the in the equation as far as thinking about whether he's on the team or not this year, you build behind him uh, with the depth as well. So I'd love to see tackle at, at uh, twenty three or move up, um, but take take a tackle in this this pretty pretty good tackle class. Number two, mm-hmm. uh, you brought him up, uh, Josh Uche, my guy. Uh, it's going to be the year of Chase Winovich. Um, might as well pair him with a former teammate, a guy, uh, he runs like six, one, two forty ish. Uh, he's going to, he's going to be that John Simon type role, um, at the next level. And he's, he's going to bring a, a more of a pure pass rushing, uh, bite to this Patriots defense. Um, really good speed to power, uh, guy, um, he's pretty twitchy, uh, and he's got good hand usage. I think he'll, uh, I think he'll be a nice compliment to whoever gets him. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure he's a great scheme fit in New England, but uh, I, I mm. think uh, I, I would obviously go nuts. As a Michigan fan, I would love to see it. So uh, clearly, pretty biased there. And then I hate having a draft for need, um, but man, it, it, we've been talking about it for it seems like ten years. 
the Patriots wide receiving core, uh, pass catchers, it's, it's a problem. If you can't win with that defense and Tom Brady last year, uh, you have to address the skill position players. And, uh, and coming away with um, one of the early guys is going to be tough, um, although I wouldn't be opposed to trading up for one of them either if the situation presents itself. But uh, a personal group of my guys, uh, my day two, fringe day two, day three-ish guys, it's a wide-ranging you know, group, but guys like uh, K.J. Hamler, K.J. Hill from Ohio State, um, uh, Tyler Johnson from Minnesota, uh, from tight, for tight ends, if, if you want to go up and pay a little bit more in draft capital for a Bryce Hopkins out of Purdue, sure, go for it. Again, for some reason, I'm super, super Big Ten today. We talked about Yeah, you, earlier, you guys were robbed uh, of a lot of uh, Big Ten opinions. When like, we really that weird. First, that yeah, first one. A lot of weird, a lot of weird Big Ten stuff. Um, but you have, you have to start building, uh, building some, I mean, you can't, you don't have Tom Brady around to cover up mistakes anymore. So, mm-hmm. You have to build the skill set, guys. Um, so I mean, a lot of holes, man. But just stay away from uh, reaching on a quarterback unless it's uh, unless it's Tua, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, ugh. you know, it's we've had this conversation uh, quite a bit off and on the show, and I, I think it's going to be a pretty grim year uh, in terms of win losses. Um, but just build the depth at the positions that they need to and uh, the, the, the most valuable positions. I'm also not opposed to taking a corner. Uh, you took Joe on Williams. He can play that safety hybrid role, whatever, however you want yeah, to do. I think, keep dra- I feel keep like he's future that safety. Right. Well, I'm on board. Yeah. Yeah. So like if, if, if that's, if that's your thought there, uh, but you, you trade away Duran Harmon and, and, and you've got Joe on Williams uh, who, who can go back there. And then uh, it's a, it's pretty. Uh, it's a. It's a pretty decent corner class as far as where the Patriots will be at. Um, you know, if they take a Florida defensive back that its last name isn't Henderson, I'll probably lose my mind. Uh, but but uh, you know, so there's just a million ways they could go. Um, adding uh, adding another fourth round pick this year and to the to the cupboard. Um, you know, it's it's cool. I'm just. I feel. I, I'm. I'm a little still a little, a little dejected, Ryan. You know, Gronk. Yeah. Uh, has been gone, but like it's like an an extra little, you know, yeah, jab jab on the way is, out. Of, that's what I said earlier. Was um, I think part of the people who are upset about this is it's just it's the collection of everything that's happened. If if yeah. all of if the Mookie Betts trade didn't happen, if the Celtics and Bruins were still in the middle of potential finals runs here, and everyone was allowed to live their lives normally right now, I think that this the Tom Brady news still obviously stings big time. But I don't think this one is like as poorly received in a vacuum um if everything else hasn't already happened here right um and just last thing i forgot to list uh my one like stay away thing please do not draft kenneth murray at 23 <laughs> yeah. um i don't know what i don't know what he does he seems like someone that the patriots are gonna love which scares me a lot but i don't i don't think that he does anything well enough to be a first round pick i don't think he does anything well enough to really be a second round um but if you trade down and get a good asset and say zach bonds off the board and kenneth murray you see him as like a Jamie Collins replacement and Bill, you know, believes in him there. I, I can live with it. It'll be like a C C plus for me, but I can live with it. Um, but if, if they take him at 23, that is, that's a, a hard out on that. Um, so yeah, I think that's yeah. it. So that, I think that was a pretty good abbreviated version of the hour that we just did right before this. I want to throw one more uh, thing on there. It's kind of like a, you know, I'd like to see it happen if another thing happens. I'd love to see Sony Michelle traded uh, <laughs> for a good running back. Uh, or, or, excuse me. 
knowing that you can draft a good running back later in this draft. Super deep, super, super deep running back class. Guys that you can get late. Um, P. Ryan from Florida. Uh, Eno Benjamin from Arizona State. I mean, if you wanted to get a, a you know a thick boy, get rid of Sony Michelle and get a true thick boy in here. Get a little Zach Moss action going. Um, but then, the, the, then you have you have your burners like Antonio Gibson. I mean, there there are guys up and down the board. Antonio you can Gibson. actually add some talent back there if if what's going to happen is going to happen this year. And I think they're going to have a very conservative offensive game plan at least. At least, at least do it with some talented guys back there. Um, if you know, something just tells me that uh, that they feel pretty confident in rolling with uh, with Harris and and, and Sony mm-hmm. Michelle, and we'll, we'll we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that's uh, my last thought. Trade Sony Michelle for a bag of footballs. Yeah, <laughs> uh, guys, I, I, I'm. No, oh, no, no, I, I snuck I was, one in. There I was the I was just gonna say I, I still love Sony too much to. Uh... To, you know, to, to trade him here. Um, I, I think that he showed signs of life toward the end of last year. It, I, I'm not saying you need to keep him if some, if some, someone wants to go ridiculous with a trade, but I also don't think you need to spend that. I'm okay with adding another, you know, day three running back here. Um, but I, I mean, Sony for one more year, two more years, uh, Damian Harris behind him, James White, cut Rex Burkhead, um, or keep him for this year and then walk either way. Um, if anything, if you're going to find a replacement, it's probably going to be a James White replacement, honestly, as much as I hate to say it. Um, so if, if it's the option of replace James White or don't do anything, I'd rather them not do yeah, it. We were, then we riot. That's, that's what happens. Right. If that exactly. Happens, so. exactly. Um, okay, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, hey, stay safe out there, all right? Uh, mm. And I hope everyone's doing well. Um, and, uh, yeah, go Pats.